Hello and welcome to Matchup Mashup. I'm your host, Private Merck, and I'm joined by my co-host, Wee Wee Man. Hello, everyone. So, the purpose of Matchup Mashup is each week, me and Wee Wee Man will select a deck. Uh, hopefully one day, once we have enough listeners, you guys can vote on decks for us, and then we can use those decks instead of selecting decks that we think people will most want to hear about. But for now, we're just going to have to uh, pick decks on our own. But we each will pick a deck, play that deck all week, record lots of matches and Hearthstone Deck Tracker, um, take some notes, learn, really learn that deck inside and out. And then we're going to come back. We're going to each take turns going through our deck that we learned for that week, uh, analyzing the matchups, telling you how you win your winning matchups, and telling you not how to lose your losing matchups, telling you how to not lose your losing matchups. And... Uh, yeah, just really giving you guys the full rundown, and then, after we've both taken our turns going through our week in Hearthstone, me and Wee Wee Man will face off in a match with each of the decks that we've uh, prepared all week, and we'll do that by continuing to record our voices for you guys, so you guys can get the play-by-play, turn-by-turn, full match, but muting each other on Discord, so you guys, uh, so we can't hear each other discussing our strategy. So, with all that, uh, with that, all that out of the way, uh, we can go into a little bit of our personal and card game backgrounds. If you want to start us off with that, wee wee man. Yeah. So, um, I got into card games from Private Merc. He introduced uh, Magic to me uh, early college, and um, well, we we started out just going to the Magic store and picking out like the cheap uh, preset. Uh, decks that like the at first it was like the planeswalker decks they were like ten dollars each um and this was like my first experience with card games so i was kind of learning all the different terminology and stuff and at this point private merc was way ahead of me uh and then eventually we we got um some challenger decks and i remember my first deck uh, was a golgari deck and it was kind of like a mid-range deck and had like uh I believe it had like these love struck beasts in there um a lot of, of adventure cards and uh it had these um i think it was an artifact called lucky clover and then there was these smitten sword masters that you could do this like combo with to get a bunch of damage on your opponent and i had no idea how any of that worked uh the 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 uh, employee at the magic store even told me he's like yeah this deck's like pretty tricky but will teach you a lot about value and uh he was he was definitely right about that uh it's funny because the the first uh or the first few times i played it, i was just like god this deck is so garbage it's like I, ca- I can't do anything with it and then nick tried it and just like blew me away with using the lucky clovers and the smitten sword masters and yeah it was, it was funny yeah, I was playing, like, a Demir Flash deck, so, like, a black-blue, uh, or, sorry, no, not a black-blue, it was a blue-green, it was a Simic Flash deck, a blue-green yeah. Flash deck with, like, uh, uh, quenches, some counter spells, uh, the ca- counter minion spells, and I just kept countering everything he did and then making a 4-4 wolf that made 2-2 two, two wolves every turn, and he was like, well, clearly you got the good deck and I got the garbage trash deck, and so we swapped decks real quick, and 
I had three lucky clovers out, and then I was like, and then I'll smitten Swordmaster you for like 16, and he was like, oh. <laughs> like, so that's that's interesting but that was a fun time both of those decks are really fun decks yeah that, yeah that was a lot of fun i also like while we're on the topic of magic just want to bring up the fact that like how much how much luckier Na or, uh, private merc is at card games than i am just like when we're, we're both playing like blue decks and um I'll I'll have a mystical to spew. I'll be like floating one blue, and I'm like, oh, I'm ready to counter this. Like I'm so ready. And then like, of course, he just has two, like every time. So <laughs> just well, they they never expect the second mystical dispute. You gotta yeah. raise you gotta raise your eyebrow when you right before you play the second one. So they're like, <laughs> oh, there's no way he has it, but he does. So yeah, every time, every time. But yeah, uh, so I'd say magic was the first thing that really got me into card games and then eventually I started playing Hearthstone uh, I, I got really into Hearthstone around Alterac Valley when Burn Shaman was really popular and um, ever since then I've been looking for another deck like Burn Shaman I thought the uh, very early Frost DK when um, like March of the Lich King uh, was new uh, I thought that deck kind of had that feeling especially with Frostworm's Fury uh, I won a lot of games with that card, and I, I do know it's toxic. Uh, I kind of feel bad for liking Freeze for so long, because after I've played some Frost DKs, I'm like, yeah, this this doesn't this isn't fun. Just like makes it so you can't play the game. I remember Wee Wee Man defended Frost DK to me religiously, and he was like, this deck is fun, and he's like, it's not toxic, and I love it. And then I got him into Pure Paladin, and uh, the text I got from him here, he was like, dude, I Frost DK, just like, I, I guess I can't play the game. So, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. now, you, now you see well, the wor words that I said. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, turns out people like to play minions and play Hearthstone, uh, which who would have guessed? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say my favorite deck would probably, I mean, probably just c because of my lust for it, probably Burn Shaman. Like, I played so many games when I was playing Burn Shaman, but I I've liked a lot of other decks. Um, I've played a lot of Priest. Um, I played, like, Naga Priest uh, when it was just, like, the Serpent Wigs, and then I and then I started playing more Blessed Priest. Uh, I even played a little Boar Priest, but I sucked at it for a while. Uh, definitely just like lost 20 games in a row trying to figure that deck out but that was it was so satisfying getting the sword yeah I was gonna say but you beat me to it you said I played a little bit of boar priest and I was gonna reference another text where you said dude I'm one in 20 with boar priest but <laughs> <laughs> looks like you had that covered yeah yeah no I guess I should say I only won a few games with boar priest <laughs> but I played a lot um and then uh, recently, I, I hit Legend for the first time, which felt so good. Uh, I, th I think it was like 5,000 Legend, somewhere around there. Uh, and I hit that with Undead Priest. And I was playing the, uh, the, the, not, the not Swarm, not, not Swarm Undead. Uh, this was the original package with all the Death Rattle dudes. Um, and like the four, the four cost two five taunt and all that stuff. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, I, I uh, really learned that deck, 
and I, I really enjoyed it. I loved just like it felt like you could just checkmate your opponents like you just get them down enough and then you have <laughs> you know just like damage like if they kill if they leave your minions they'll kill you if they remove your minions they'll still die like I, I thought that was fun probably also still toxic so I'm sorry but do you have a do you have a favorite card in that shadow priest deck and uh, also does your heart miss Najok Hexen yes honestly Najok Hexen was so so good um, Bro, he ended it yeah he there was actually uh there was a time me and private merc were just playing uh mirror matches with that deck <laughs> and we just decided that any time our opponent had Najak and the other one didn't like they just lost it was literally it was the Najak constant like of life it was like actually like and it was like late we were like we need to go to bed we have work tomorrow they're like but one more game because it doesn't count if they played Najak hexen because if you play play Najak hexen the game's over like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was fun um but like for having like a specific card that i like um god you guys are all gonna think i'm bad but i have terrible memory there was the dude that just uh resurrected all of your undead from the last turn high call what is that isn't that dude the guy who like makes you shadow priests that's uh no that's benedictus Oh, okay. Then it is Basfleuf. Okay, yeah. That I would say he was my favorite because it just felt it, it felt so good when you would like just resurrect a bunch of your death rattle dudes off that and like that that won me so many games honestly. That card's crazy too because like literally playing a four mana three five that resurrects like a three cost is just in insanely good. And then if you get more than one thing on it, it's just like okay, well now there's just no chance. Like right, yeah. It's, yeah, and there there was games where I did just resurrect one thing, and it, even then it just it was crazy. So yeah, that would probably have to be my favorite. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my history with card games, and here I am now this week playing some Spell DH for the show, um, which has been going great. I really like it, and uh, it's a toxic deck. So <laughs> which is which is um, uh, Wee Wee Man's speciality. So. Yes, yes. But, uh, but yeah, how about you, Private Merc? Uh, let's so hear your give, history. Give a little bit of background to my history with Hearthstone. I've been playing since about 2015. I was playing, it was either when GVG or TGT came out. I can't exactly remember because I wasn't as into the game then as I am now, obviously. But um, started out, as everyone probably does, just putting cards in a deck and seeing how it works. Uh, and then pretty quickly, I became the dirty net decker that I am today. And uh, my first ever deck that I was really into was uh, Midrange Druid. Good old uh, Force of Nature, Savage Roar, 2-mana Enervate, 2-mana Wild Growth. Or, what a, wee wee man. Wild Growth used to cost 2-mana, and Enervate used to give you 2-mana uh, crystals. Good God. So, so that, was, that was a good time. Good time. Uh, <laughs> I, that was a very, very fun deck. I just loved... The thing I loved about that deck was you just had to get your opponent to a specific life total. What was it? It was uh, it was 18, right? 14, or no, it was a 14. It was 14. 14, 14. Yeah. You had to get a specific life total, so it was just a race. It was like, I gotta get him down to this before... And then, then get that Force of Nature Savage Roar, and then they're like, oh, fun, Druid, fun class. Um, I loved that deck. I also, uh, some other decks I really liked, 
Um, I really liked Turtle Mage because I am also toxic like Wee Wee Man. And <laughs> the first ever deck I hit Legend with was actually Mid-Range Hunter with Carrion Grub. Uh, infested Wolf, those guys, back when we could run a vanilla 3-mana 2-5 that did nothing other than being a vanilla 3-mana 2-5, and it was good enough. And that was a really fun deck. I liked that deck a lot. And uh, now, uh, I play I play a lot nowadays. Um, I hit Legend monthly. I try to do it with a different deck every month. I try to get myself really well-versed in the meta. And this week, the deck that I've been playing is Unholy Death Knight, and uh, I have pushed by far the highest rank I've ever been before. Um, I had never, uh, broken 200 before this week, but I've been playing a ton of games trying to prepare for this podcast, and, uh, I hit, uh, I'm currently Legend 62, so Unholy Death Knight is, is a, is a beast of a deck. So, um... Uh, well, that's uh, pretty much my background, so if we want to get into the uh, the bulk of the show, unless you have any uh, questions for me, Wee Wee Man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all ready to go. So, would you like to start with your analysis of Spell Demon Hunter, or would you like me to start with my analysis of Unholy Death Knight? Um, I can I can go first, if, if you'd like. Okay, take it away. All right, so so yeah, I was playing um, Spell Demon Hunter all week, and I matched into a ton of DKs. Uh, it was all all three of them: Frost, Unholy, and Blood, just constantly. Like I, there was a point where I I think I actually just queued into like twenty in a row, so I got a lot of experience there. And uh, so our listeners can know what rank bracket was this at, so they can know what uh, there's a rampant population of Death Knight at uh, what area. Yes, yes. There's okay. So as soon as I hit Diamond Five, that's when like like it was just constantly DKs. Um, up until that point, it was it was pretty diverse. Um, it was still a lot of like there was still a lot of Death Knights for sure. Um, but I was getting the occasional spell DH mirror match. I was getting a lot of pure paladins. Um, shadow priests were in there. Um, I think I faced a few druids as well. Um, but yeah, as soon as I got to diamond five, it was just mostly death knights. Um, and this deck, uh, you know, looking at my notes and kind of thinking back to my games, it doesn't seem like there's really like a one hand that you really want. It seems like it it varies a lot based on what matchup you're playing. And one thing I was actually texting Private Merc about is like against all the Death Knights I were I was playing, like it was kind of frustrating because when you see it's a Death Knight, you're you're already like, okay, this could be one of three things and it, it kind of made mulliganing for that matchup difficult because I like to keep certain things based on you know whether it's frost or blood or unholy um, so so that kind of made things difficult there but um, I never really hated uh, Illidari studies in my hand even though it's kind of not like it's not proactive really it's just 
getting you something, but I mean, the things you can discover with Ildari studies is, you know, it, it can be pretty game changing. I've gotten wayward sages with it. Um, uh, some card draw sometimes, you know, if you don't have the stuff you want. So, so that can be nice sometimes. Speaking of how at Diamond 5 to Legend ranks, it seems like it's just all DKs, uh, as you've said. Um, if you could uh, speak to Illidari Studies and what specific cards you would recommend to discover off of that for each of the Death Knight matchups. Yeah. Um, so um, I can't recall the name of it. Maybe you can help me. It's the um, outcast card that gives you three attack, and it's a Gunnarg Glavesmith. Yes, so that um, I found that to be really nice in um, games where you want to be chipping your opponent down as quick as possible. So I don't like in the blood DK matchup, you really want to get damage in like quickly, and you want to get a lot of it in quickly. Um, cause the longer the game goes on, they're gonna have more resources to heal and more resources to, um, just sustain better. So the quicker in that matchup, you can do a lot of damage to their face, the better. So I found taking that minion was, was pretty good in that matchup. Um, even wayward sage, uh, it puts like a body out there and um, reducing anything in your hand as long as it's not like I always like I would never take it if it was going to be reducing like predations and dispose of evidence because it's kind of meaningless. But um, if you've got some good stuff on the left and right of your hand that you could um, reduce with Wayward Sage, I, I feel like that's always a good take, especially if you can uh, reduce your war band or your sinful brand. I, I find that to be to be a good pick. Um, and in uh, aggro matchups, like um, like uh, against like an unholy DK, I would probably just take the I beam because it heals you and it removes uh, minions. So that's that's a good thing to take there. Um, but. Yeah, so not, nothing specifically I feel like you want in your hand. It, you just really with this deck, I feel like you really do have to know what you're you're facing because there's a lot of options. I mean, not having minions, it's not like a aggro deck with one drops where you mainly just want your one drops. Like you you kind of need to know what you're going against so you can play the best you can. And uh yeah. A card that I'm curious about in this spell DH list is not curious about. I know it's a pretty good, pretty solid card, but Taste of Chaos. Do you have any specific? It doesn't have to be a Death Knight, uh, Death Knight matchup. But do you have any specific matches you can recall where uh, Taste of Chaos generated something extremely useful for that matchup that you'd like to pass on to our listeners as advice? Like, hey, if you're a spell DH uh, playing against a um, an unholy Death Knight. Uh, you really want to take that uh, that emulation aura against uh, the unholy off the taste of chaos. Do you have any any stories or any experiences like that? Yeah, funny enough, like I was actually gonna talk about emulation aura <laughs> before you even mentioned it, because that that uh, that card I would take against 
I mean, any aggro deck it's good against, but uh, specifically pure paladin. Um, I didn't get a chance to play any of the other paladins. I don't even know how good they are, to be honest, because I've never seen them. Um, but pure paladin, they tend to make a lot of bubbles, a lot of divine shields. So um, that can be pretty annoying, especially as a spell DH when you're trying to um, unleash fell on them and then, like, you have an Unleashed Fell that does nothing because they have four Divine Shields out on board. Um, and Immolation Aura is a great way, uh, especially with the Arcanist, to just wipe out everything. Um, but It's yeah, interesting so. that you say the Arcanist because I was actually wondering, is there any games where, I guess there is because you said it, but since you're a spell DH and you only have one Arcanist in your deck, are there worlds where you uh, where you ever do Arcanist Immolation Aura, or do you just always hold it for the Unleash Fell? Um, yeah, like so. If if I'm against something that has like a pretty uh, like a wide board, but also like high stat minions, um, and I'm feeling like pretty threatened, I will. And it may not be the best thing to do. I don't know if I would, you know, follow follow my lead here. But, um, yeah, I would use Arcanus to clear that with, uh, with Immolation Aura. Because, yeah, I mean, like, their boards just get so big with uh, Pure Paladin. And, I mean, if you're in Diamond, uh, you're, you're definitely going to see a lot of Pure Paladins. Um, now, it only deals four, right? The Immolation Aura? Because the first the first proc kills your Arcanist. Yeah, I actually can't recall how that interaction works. Cause, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, do you I, know I, for I, sure? I'm 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 fairly confident it only deals four. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I've done that, and like I said, it may not be right, but I've definitely done that against pure paladins. Cause there's there's been times where the pure paladin has held the uh, disco mall weapon for like freaking four turns and it's just gigantic so it, like i'm scared to leave anything on board so i'll do everything in my power to make sure they don't have a single minion because if you leave one up they can just break their weapon and do a million damage to your face especially as spell dh so I was wondering, we've talked about your Discover cards, uh, your Taste to Chaos, your Studies. I'm pretty sure most of the listeners probably know how this deck wins. So Sinful Brand and Warband, as you mentioned. Uh, I was wondering if you could touch on uh, what matchups you think are... Uh, just briefly touch on the matchups that you think you should be winning, because uh, just matchups you're favored in. But more importantly, uh, any tips you have for matchups that you're really unfavored in, specifically... Uh, Tony Druid, because I know that's probably Spelldegage's worst matchup. So I was wondering if, out of any of the Tony Druid games you played, any you were able to come out on top of uh, any advice there, or any advice for any matchups, really, in general? Um, yeah, so uh, Tony Druid is pretty rough. I, I remember one game I lost, and uh, it was it was, um, pretty rough because I made the mistake of shuffling in to my deck uh, one of my uh, bound soul minions because um, I didn't need it at the time and it, it's just an ordering thing and in that 
in that uh, in that moment, I could have won against the Tony Druid, um, but I just but I just shuffled into my deck one of my uh, minions. So then the Warband didn't give me the four uh, rush guys. So then I I just couldn't um, I couldn't use my brand. But in that ex- in that moment, I could have had them um, and. Uh, and I, think I that, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying. I think in in that in that game, the reason I was going to win, like I had them low enough, and I think it was just down to the fact that, like I don't even know if it was anything I did. It felt like they weren't really um, playing many of their early game like uh, hero power buffs, so they weren't really gaining a whole lot of armor. Um, they weren't. Uh, like they didn't have the uh, I don't even know if it's run in Tony Druid but the the Chitinous Plating I think that's what it's that's called. That's run in the top that's run in pretty much every Tony Druid I'm seeing in top legend the plating build but I know around Diamond yeah. I know around Diamond it's more uh, more of the Mosher build the Mishmash Mosher yeah, cause that's what okay. you exchange okay yeah so they they weren't really um gaining much armor i was able to do a lot of face damage just from um like mark of scorn weapon and i got him down low enough to where i would have won with that turn but i made a very very big mistake um but what were you gonna ask earlier and so i was gonna say um i find it uh, it's good that you bring up that you shuffle to dispose minion back into your deck because that's an important thing for any of our listeners to know if they're uh they decide to pick up spell dh but i was wondering um a thing that i notice lots of spell dhs do uh in legend is um they tend not to p- to play the one cost spell the bound soul until the turn that they're actually going to play the minion um for example i know like in your situation if you had been able to shuffle the one cost back into the deck you would have been fine or um it's useful uh, against uh, is an anti tech almost against uh, patchwork or uh, uh, theatar any of those disruption type things. So I was wondering if you've had any experiences where you played the bound soul to put the dude in your hand to save for later and then got punished for it, or is that yes. not something you've experienced? No, I have. Uh, I've I I have gotten patchworked <laughs> from that, <laughs> and that feels really bad. So yeah, I. I would agree with the legend players. You should definitely um, just play your bound soul the turn you're going to use it. Um, and you should have enough mana to do everything. One mana in this deck I don't think isn't going to like make or break what you're doing. Um, I don't think I've ever benefited from pulling a minion out early. Um, but you've definitely like, suffered, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, definitely have suffered. Um so yeah, uh, so let's see where I was at. I was just kind of talking about um, the different matchups um, that I was facing, which was, unfortunately was mostly Death Knight. Um, but with, with all that Death Knight experience you've gathered up, do you have any specific advice? Uh, any any really specific tips for like, hey, if you want to beat Blood, you have to take this line. If you're gonna beat Unholy, you gotta make sure you do this or. I know we've yeah. talked about it a bit already, so. Yeah, so, um, and this could apply maybe to um, Control Priest, too. 
Um, but I found that, and I don't know if I want to advocate for it because, you know, it might not be might not be the best keep. I might just be talking talking. Um, it's okay. You can, here, you can tell but, us uh, what the card is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, okay, so I would keep Glavetar, um, and I would keep it against like slower decks like Blood Decay control priest and i think it's a good keep there because if you get to turn four which you probably will when you're playing against a slow deck you're going to be able to as long as they don't have taunts which i don't see many decks that have like early game taunts nowadays like uh like i played a control warrior uh some some weird control warrior and that was like the only deck i saw that was like running a lot of like taunts unholy dk with the 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 taunt generation yes yeah yeah and those but um but uh yeah if if they don't then that's just four face damage you you can get a lot of damage in with the weapon like that's that's pretty huge and then on top of that you will hopefully end up drawing a lot of cards uh if you're playing a lot of outcast stuff uh, which, you know, with Illidari studies and um, even Taste of Chaos, sometime it's pretty pretty easy to to get that number up pretty high. I I find myself only like trying to get it to about like three cards or something because my my hand's normally pretty full. But it's always nice to draw through your deck. I feel like against the slower matchups because you wanna you're you're most likely gonna be winning by having your sinful brand stuff or your steno stuff so if you want to win you want to get that stuff as soon as possible and have that turn as soon as possible or else they're just going to keep generating resources and healing so i would almost i want to hear it from your side because i don't play spell dh so i don't know but from an outsider's perspective i would almost think you just keep wave you, you just keep wave tar in every matchup because it's going to draw you cards, and no matter what the matchup is, you want to draw cards, and it's an unconditional 8, eight damage, so, like, or, sorry, it is it is conditional, like, if they have a taunt, I guess, it's got to go there, but, um, 8 damage, draw cards, whether they're aggro, and you're trying to draw into, a into, a uh, Unleash Fell, and there's some other removal, or they're controlling, you're just trying to churn through your deck to combo them, I, I feel like Glaive Tower might be one of the best cards to keep in your starting hand. Yeah, I'm also... <laughs> I'm also uh, looking at the actual like HS replay data now, and it's like literally the the highest Mulligan win rate. So, I uh, <laughs> I was I shouldn't have had anything to worry about with You're doing good. talking about You're that card. I was doing, doing good. good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, no, that that definitely checks out. Like you you do want to draw cards with this deck, um, and there isn't really much other stuff that you like necessarily care about like mark of scorn is like also like really good against i mean it's good against slow and fast decks i feel like it, it kind of feels bad against fast decks when you have to like be like killing their stuff because they're probably going to play a turn one minion turn two minion like you're not going to be able to have that damage go face but it feels really good against control when you're able to just like draw a card and do three damage to their face and that feels really good but it's also it's also pretty good against uh aggro decks like um like against unholy dk uh i i could use it to kill like an arms dealer or something and it's 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 pretty good i mean like it kills their arms dealer 
and you draw a card. Are you an advocate for two Chaos Strike or one Chaos Strike, one Feast of Souls? Um, so I actually didn't... I, I've, I've never played the version with Feast of Souls, so I, I can't really speak to it too well. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think Chaos Strike's probably just better. Because this deck just... I just feel like it doesn't need the Feast of Souls, to be honest. I feel like... I feel like having that damage and like draw a card it's just i just i just think it's better um but i i can't really speak to it because i didn't really use the feast of souls uh version on paper it seems like it seems like chaos strike is the more consistent choice because it's always you're always going to get that two damage you're always going to draw a card and feast of souls could be huge you could just draw four cards or it could just be sitting in your hand like all game doing nothing so i can see why You'd want you'd want the more consistent choice there over the could be better but could also do nothing choice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It, I don't know. I mean, like. Yeah. I guess if, you know, you have like securities and stuff, and your hands empty, like. It was good. It was great in Questy yeah. H. It was great in Warband and a Feast of Souls was amazing in Questy H. So I imagine Warband and a Feast of Souls is pretty pretty good in this deck, but um, I just can't. I, I'm not sure. I don't. Uh, I mean, yeah. the Glaive Tar. The Glaive Tar gives you enough uh, card draw. I feel like. I mean, and you have your Spectral Sights. Um, your Chaos Strike still draws you a card, anyways. Like you, there is a lot of card draw in this deck. Like I feel like having the Feast of Souls is just kind of a waste, because it's you know it's like you already got enough card draw. I think I think, like you said, it's just the uh, or I forget what you said. You say like most efficient or consistent. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I feel like it's definitely more consistent, and more efficient probably. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely you're going for the consistency there, because Feast of Souls could be a lot bigger, like I said, but it's normally normally the more consistent option is 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 the the safer and uh, stronger option. But for yeah. sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, against control, um, yeah, definitely the Glaive Tar. I mean, probably like we said against all matchups, the Glaive Tar, but. Other than that, like it's it's really hard to say what else you'd want. I mean, I feel like Taste of Chaos and I Beam, not so much I Beam, but Taste of Chaos for sure is super good against aggro. Because um, you're just like like I Beam is kind of nice to draw into. Because um, by that point you've probably taken some damage by now. Um, but having it in your starting hand kind of blows because it's like you don't want to use it right away to remove something. Because uh, then you're not really getting the full value from it. Um, but Taste of Chaos, you know, as long as you can get that final effect, it's super good all the time, pretty much. Uh, and yeah, discovering a fell spell is huge. So um, those those are definitely some keepers in the aggressive matchup. And yeah, against control, pretty much anything that can just do damage to their face. And the Glaive Tar is really good. Um. Uh, so yeah. Um. If you have any other, uh, do you have any other key points you want to make about this deck, or any crazy stories, or anything? Uh, or is that uh, is that a, uh anything else basically? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I had any crazy stories. I mean it. 
it's it's weird because like the deck is like a lot of fun for me but I don't know everything just felt like <laughs> like I I felt kind of numb so you had fun like getting there but you had fun on the ride but when you got opponent. to your destination like, you realized what like you were doing some... and you felt some <laughs> guilt <laughs> <laughs> kind of <laughs> it's like oh man they they played a huge minion they're probably feeling like so good about it and then they're just like and then just like simple brand and kill them but uh yeah i it, it, i think it's a fun deck still i think i think it, it's like it's like pretty satisfying to do the sinful brand combo but but yeah nothing stands out to me because i mean uh yeah, like every time I won, it just like it was just like oh they played a big minion and now I can sinful brand them and uh, I won a few games with uh, Steno too. I actually there was a a game where I won very uh, in a very strange way by generating a bunch of predations and then I just uh, reduced them with a wayward sage and then uh, I could just like throw like. I think it was just like three predations at their face. They were, it was a control priest, and they were at nine. That's health. awesome. I'll and talk so about some like control priests later with the whole way, but I love, <laughs> that was, I love that was pretty killing silly. the control deck. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, super super fun deck. Uh, it's it's cool too. I feel like this is a deck out of all the decks I've played in Hearthstone where whenever I've made a mistake like whenever I've like lost a game it, it feels like I can like completely like like n just put the blame on myself which you should with any deck but with this deck it's super easy to be like oh like I missed the damage here that I could have gotten or um, I played these things out of order and just just stuff like that like it's really easy to see what mistakes you're making with this deck, I feel like. So, now it's time to talk about the deck that I played this week, and that is Unholy Death Knight. And I think I already mentioned it, but I gotta mention it again because I just, like, have never been this high of a rank before. Unholy Death Knight brought me all the way up to Legend 54. I'm down to, like, 62 now, but this deck is the nuts like the whole deck is just the nuts like this deck is so good your only losing matchups are control priest and blood decay and it just beats everything else and it especially annihilates any board centric strategies such as pure your pure paladins your undead priests uh and your totem shamans, even your face hunters, or is I guess uh, Naga Hunter, if we're if we're obeying the word of the holy vicious syndicate. Uh, what uh, what makes the unholy death knight stuff stand out from like other aggro decks? So what makes unholy death knight so good against other aggro decks? Um, there's a few cards in particular that really just blow out the other aggro decks so blight fang blight fang is one where you blight fang a paladin board you blight fang blight fang some totems you blight fang some undead priest dudes like blight fang is incredible you even hit you even hit one minion that's a three mana three four that makes a two two taunt you hit two minions three mana three four that makes two 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 taunts so there's a three mana six seven you hit more than that like 
uh, Blightfang is so good. The other two are Plague Strike. Uh, Plague Strike to remove an early uh, minion. And in the mirror, specifically, Plague Strike to uh, hit a Necromancer is very, very important. And the third one is uh, Necromancer, Battlefield Necromancer himself. And the reason that he's so good is you get that Necromancer out on two with a corpse up, whether it's through a tour guide or it's through a body bagger, and you make that one three taunt. If that aggro deck can't somehow bypass that taunt and kill the Necromancer, you probably just win that game because you can keep generating a corpse every turn and keep making one three taunts and just prevent the aggro deck from ever really having a chance. Okay. Yeah, that's huge. And th then, of course, Vizier and School Teacher are helpful as well, just to discover necessary things. But I wanted to quickly, because as opposed to what Wee Wee Man was saying about Spell DH, where Spell DH is like a very flexible deck, um, and uh, there's not necessarily a um, uh, specific hand you're looking for, there is definitely a specific hand you're looking for with Unholy Death Knight. And that's the dream hand, the nuts. It's Body Bagger and a Necromancer and a Rancher and two <laughs> Swarm Guard. And if you can get that turn one to four line, where you play a Body Bagger on one, you play the Necromancer on two, you play the Rancher on three, and you play the Swarm Guard on four, there's not really any deck in the format other than a control deck that's going to be able to answer that. And that's what makes his deck so strong. Not that play specifically, but having boards that just can't be answered by other board-centric strategies. So, do you have any specific questions about anything in the Unholy? Any any specific cards or stuff? Or do you want me to uh, just kind of go, go on my own? Um, you can go on your own for now. Uh, if I have a question, I'll... I'll, uh, I'll quack. So as I was saying, uh, your only real losing matchups are the Control Priest and the Blood Death Knight, and the only time I found myself winning these matchups, outside of one extremely rare circumstance, out of one game actually, is just blowing them out and lethaling them like turn 5 or 6 with Grave Strength. One game I went like Bagger and, and like Necrolite and uh, Arms Dealer, Necrolite into Swarm Guard into Grave Strength. Like, you just need to put your foot on the gas pedal and just press down and then, like, eat a bunch of food so that you can press down even harder. And then, just like, literally, just you have to do that because if you're not as aggressive as possible, they're gonna draw their answers, they're gonna draw their healing, and you're just not gonna stand a chance. So, um, I gotta ask, how many, how often did you? get the uh rancher with grave strength synergy like how how often did you like get something cleared like get a board cleared uh with rancher minions and then had a bunch of one ones that you could grave strength like did that happen very often or not really i wouldn't say very often but it definitely happened enough honestly more often than not they just didn't have the board clear, and I could just grave strength the minions because rancher into rancher into swarm guard. You play that rancher, then you make three, two, four taunts with death rattle, summon a one, one. Unless you're playing one of those control decks, like I said, uh, the other primo decks in the format don't have an answer to that. Tony Druid is what is he gonna do? Tony Druid's gonna rake it. Spell DH is gonna Arcanist fell, and then realize that they're all they all are still alive. <laughs> um. 
you can't really answer that. And if they do somehow answer it through some spell generation or through stupid rogue shenanigans where they play, like, eight Astalors in one turn, it, like, uh, they can't answer it. You still have the one ones. You still can grave strength. And that's what makes this deck so strong is that line, that, that, that rancher end of the swarm guard where they're like, well... Even if I can clear this, they could just have the grave strength to buff it. But if I don't clear it, I'm taking like eight damage, and that's just from the ranchers and swarm guards. So, okay, it's just uh, making your board sticky and really making it so that no matter what they choose to do, they're not happy about I it. I feel like the unholy death knight is like I think that's another thing that makes it stand out from a lot of the other aggro decks is it is pretty sticky. Like, everything you're talking about, like, it's just, you know, generating more bodies. And then the, the rancher, you know, it's like, which I know the the, ran- the rancher's got, it's got to be running other aggro decks. Isn't it running, uh, what's another deck? Uh, I know it's running, running, it's running warrior decks, it's running menage warrior, it's running, uh, it's running enrage warrior as well. Um, I don't know if. I think that's it. Maybe I don't know. I don't think Totem Shaman runs it. I think it's really. I think it's really just. Uh, it's just unholy in my in the games that I've been playing. Oh, I think. Um, I think that some, but not all, Outcast DH lists run Rancher. Some Outcast DH lists throw in a okay. Rancher. So cool. But um, any. So, any tips I have uh, for specific takes? So, uh, for the Tony Druid matchup, you either want to try to blow them out before they can do their Anubricon turn, but if you know they can't do their Anubricon, they're going to be able to get their Anubricon turn, I've found that um, it's still manageable with your spell discovery and stuff, and I think that's why this matchup is so overwhelmingly in favor of the Unholy, because the, the Unholy Death Knight can win the game before the druid can do the whole thing that the druid deck wants to do but even if they can do it like i won a game today where i school teached and i discovered a uh i put a obliterate on a noggling and i was like all right we're gonna just we're gonna take that because he's he's tony druid and the other options weren't great it was like howling blast and something else uh so i took the obliterate and then turn seven he does his huge turn he makes two four twenty four taunts and I obliterate one, and I Sylvanas the other, and then I had his 424 taunt. And the, the druid was like, well, that was the whole thing my deck does. And now, he was just sitting there with like two underkings and a zock. Or, two under, or it was an underking, a zock, and a... I can't exactly remember. You know, druid stuff. But, how, I think that's what makes the druid matchup How so did good. you uh, end up winning that? Like, uh, was, was your board pretty big by that point anyways, or... Yeah, even I had to I had to literally kill some of my stuff so that I could even play the Sylvanas and then <laughs> steal a thing. I had to kill two things because I had a full nice. board. Or I had like five, I had like six minions. I, yeah, I had a full board because they it was a, a rancher board, so the stuff the Underkings cleared just made one one squawkers. Okay. So. Um. Any so a tip I have for players is off of school teacher and off of. Uh, Vizier, some really good spells. You would re- you really like to see anti magic shield because anti magic shield uh on even like three minions is big. On any more than that is just game winning. And um, 
Both Blood Tap and Harmonic Metal have single-handedly won me games off of a Noggling and off of a Vizier. Um, when they hit my Swarm Guard, you make a, you hit a Swarm Guard with a Dissonant Metal, you give that dude plus four, plus four, you play a four cost five seven with Taunt that makes two more five sevens with Taunt, uh, your opponent is uh, leaving the game probably <laughs> because that is such a strong line of play. And the deck, while it is a super board centric deck where like you need you need to be on board to win the game you need to be on board to finish them i honestly have found many games where my opponents at like six life and i'm still able to win from hand from something like a uh, arms dealer uh into a hero power into a skeletal sidekick into a grave strength you could still the burst damage is still minion based, but you can you can deal a surprising amount of burst from hand with stuff like that, and um, as well as discovered spells off the vizier and the teacher. Um, looking at other cards in this list, uh, an interesting thing is about Marigar is I really don't. Let me look at my stats here. I played about let's see, I was thirty one and twenty with this deck with the deck tracker games. And does Deck Tracker tell me this? Um, I was able to play Lord Marigar a total of four times out of those games. So Marigar, four out of 51 games. He does not require to win this game, and he really doesn't come online that often because you're not, you're not, Unholy Death Knight is not this type of deck that some people may have this misconception where you want to keep trading and trading and playing and playing, and then eventually you play this huge Lord Marogar, and now they can't do anything, because there's no need to do that when you can just blow them out on turn 4, 5, 6 with Rancher, Swarm Guard, Grave Strength. So uh, I think that's an interesting thing that people may uh, overestimate Marogar in this deck. That being said, Marogar is still an insane card in the specific matchups, but... In the specific matchups, honestly, where you do get to go that late, Control Priest and Blood Decay, they normally have the answer for that. So it's not as good as you would think. Are there times that you've won with um, Myrogar? And if so, what was it? What was it against? How'd you do it? It looks like, based on my stats here, out of the four times I played Lord Marigar, I won one of those games, and I think it was in a mirror match, and I think they did not have the Marigar. <laughs> Nice. It's the Najak Hexen. <laughs> Comes full it circle. Is. It is the, the Najak it is the circle of life. <laughs> so, against pretty much... It, my deck's a bit more streamlined... Not streamlined, more linear than Wee Wee Man's in the sense where you... There's different, there's different things you want to do. Like, against the mirror, I always keep... I always, always keep Plague Strike. Even though Plague Strike is statistically a pretty bad card to keep. Um... It's amazing in the mirror because if you can answer their necromancer and they cannot answer your necromancer, like, it can really snowball out of control very fast. Um, another thing to look out for in the mirror is Blightfang plays. Always assume your opponent has Blightfang. It's kind of hard. I don't want to say that, actually. I take that back. Because there's games where I'll floodboard super hard super early and then they'll Blightfang like four to five of my minions but I'm still able to win because you just have, you have the say, basically. So I guess I'm not saying don't play into the Blight Fang, but only flood hard and play into the Blight Fang 
if you have some kind of out. Like, don't do it if the only things left in your hand are going to be a tour guide and a freaking arms dealer. Like, don't do it. But if you've got, if, if the things left in your hand are going to be a plague strike and a vizier, or a plague strike and a school teacher, then you might be fine to rip it because they might just not have, they might not have the Blight Fang, and then they might be dead. So, that's a, just something to think about. Another thing to think about, another thing I wanted to mention is Posic in this deck. I've heard a lot of praise about Posic. I, let me look at my stats actually, because now I want to know. Alright, let's see. Posic. I played him 17 times out of the 22. Okay, you know what? You know what? He's got, he's got green numbers. Uh, yeah, maybe he, maybe he just doesn't feel as good as I think he is I think he's initially thought to be, because at first it was like, whoa, you play this 5-4, and then they either have to trade it and give you three threes, or they have to play the three threes, and it's so awful for them to play the three threes, but to be completely honest, it's like not really in a lot of matchups. If you're playing Pazic, it's because you didn't have a Swarm Guard play, you didn't have a teach, you didn't have like a, a better play, because Pazic's not what you want to do with this deck. So if you, you have to play Pazic, it means the rest of your board's probably not super well developed, which means they're probably not going to feel too bad about just playing a 3-3 mech, and then suddenly Pazic is like, well, great, like I can trade into that 3-3, or I can go face, but then they could play the other 3-3, and then it's like, ugh, Pazic, you're like letting me down, I heard such great, great things <laughs> about you. But, um... No, that's just, uh, Posic's an interesting one. Um, Rancher is so good, and I always play Rancher on three, because if they don't have the answer, like, Rancher just wins it. But, unfortunately, a lot of the decks, a lot of decks just do have the answer. It seems like, seems like every time I play Rancher against Druid, I swear to God, like, the past, like, ten Druid games, I've played Rancher, and they have had the rake. And it's like, oh, my, I, I was getting mad earlier today, because I was like, there's no way they'll have the rake. And then, like, tenth game in a row, they had the rake. And I was like, we're supposed to win these. That's pretty awful. Um, so, I'm looking at uh, some HS replay stuff right now on the deck, and it looks like there's a lot of experimentation going on with the deck uh how well versed are you with like all the different all the differences between like the different uh versions of this deck like it seems like some have mermies in them some don't uh some have the rowdy fan i don't i don't know if you're running rowdy fan or so i haven't I haven't played any of the other these other list lists i've looked at them i've looked at you can like you can put in an egg. I don't think egg's that good. Egg's only good if you arms dealer or if you skeletal sidekick it, because we don't run location anymore, so it's like egg. I just don't think egg's that good, to be honest. You can run chill fallen baron. I really don't think this deck wants to be playing a three mana 2-2 two -two to cycle through their deck. I think you want to be going for board. Don't think you want that. You can play Rowdy Fan, but it's like, uh, like, is Rowdy Fan even that good anymore? Like, I don't, I'm not interested in running Rowdy Fan. I'd literally rather have Posic still than a Rowdy Fan. And then the other direction, the other clear direction this deck is going is a huge Murloc package with, like, Mermy, two Mermies, Amalgam of the Deep, two, uh, 
two of the, what are those dudes, the Merloculas, and then like Gorlock Ravager. You can go big on the Gorlock package. And then in that case, you cut the Famished Fool and some of your weaker cards like Necrolite and Tour Guide. I like Famished Fool a lot. See, here's the thing. The Murloc package, I'm not actually sure statistics-wise, the Murloc package might be better. But here's the thing. You play Ravager on turn 5, Ravager is always going to draw you Murloculas, Mermies, and Amalgams. I, as an Unholy Death Knight, don't want to be playing Murloculas, Mermies, and Amalgams. I want to be playing an Infused Famished Fool, because if I'm playing a Famished Fool, it's because I don't have Grave Strength. <laughs> so I want to draw Grave Strength. I don't want to draw 1-1 one, one Reborn Murlocs, but I could be talking out of my ass here, but I'm pretty sure that I like the list that I'm running. No, that checks out. Um, I actually, like, one of my games against Unholy, one of the games I lost, actually, because I was, I was doing pretty good against Unholy Death Knights at Spell DH, uh, but one of the games I lost, uh, they were running the um, Murloc stuff. They, they uh... The Merlocula kind of felt horrible. Uh, I don't know why. It just, like, I, it was just, uh, maybe it was a bad game for me in the sense that I wasn't making the right decisions there, but uh, the the Murloc stuff, like, it felt like their boards were consistently intimidating, and then ha them having that life gain out there, like, I don't know if it's just matchup specific there, but the the life gain they were getting off the Merlocula's because I wasn't able to just remove them, uh, I kind of felt terrible and felt like the only way I could get rid of it was just by letting them heal for twelve. And yeah, so I'm not saying it's bad per se, but here's where I see this. I'm looking at this other Merloc build. I'm looking at the Merloculas. I discussed the draw the draw already where you're. You're exchanging the uh, the Gorlock for the uh, Famished Fool. I explained that, how I'm not really super interested in drawing all these Murlocs. Um, but I can see... So here's here's what I can see. I can see this being good in the sense where you get two Murloculas reduced to zero, and you get some Mermies, and you play a Rancher, and then you play two zero-cost Murloculas, and then you play Mermies, and you do a huge Rancher turn, right? I can see that, and I can see that being pretty good i can see that being v uh, very good if you get like three of them out but if you're playing a gorlock to draw all those dudes and then you're playing the rancher and you're playing all those dudes that's because you didn't have what you actually wanted to do which was rancher into swarm guard or just rancher on three into some other stuff um now that's not to say it's bad like Maybe it's a solid backup plan. You don't get what you really wanted, so then you do this stuff later, like on turn six or seven, and maybe it's okay. But I'm not super interested in optimizing my deck's backup plan as much as I am super interested in optimizing my deck's primary game plan. Uh, so that's why I really don't... Like, looking at what this cuts, you're cutting full, which is fine. You're cutting... Necrolites and Tor Guides for Mermies and Merloculas. Uh, Tor, I don't know. Tor Guide and Necrolite pull a lot of weight for me. And then you're also cutting Blightfang, which this just has to be a mistake. Like, that just has to be wrong. Like, you're cutting Blightfang for Amalgam of the Deep. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're gonna you're gonna throw away one of your best cards in board-based matchups. Like, I, I think that is, that has to be incorrect. You, you could just cut, like, a, if you really want to run this Murloc package, honestly, you're, like, crazy about the Murlocs. 
do not cut your blight fang. Like, you could cut, like, let me look, let me look. What would I recommend to cut? Um, you could cut Astalor. I would say cut Astalor or cut Pazic, but do not, do not, do not cut Blight Fang. Like, you're, you'd be playing the fool. Definitely check out. Sure. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, pretty much my broad overview, some tips and stuff of Unholy. Do you have any, any other specific questions for me, or are you ready to get into the main segment of the show? Yeah, no, I think I'm ready to get into it. All right, so uh, just a quick uh, recap for our listeners. What's going to happen is I'm going to be playing my Unholy Death Knight deck, and Wee Wee Man's going to be playing Spell DH, and we're going to be facing each other, and we're going to be muting ourselves on Discord, and uh, the audio is going to be coming through to you. You guys are going to hear our play-by-play. We're going to give you that layout. We're going to tell you what we're doing, why we're doing it, and after the game's over, we're going to reconvene back in here and uh, have a quick talk about uh, a quick talk about our game. So... Uh, I'm just on Hearthstone now, waiting for Wee Wee Man to get his butt on. I'm coming, I'm coming. Alright, I'm here. I'm, an, I'm giving you an invitation. Oh, oh, I already no. gave you an invitation. Are we going to... Oh, oh, you can give me the invitation. Alright, come on, send it <laughs> this way. Oh, look at my shiny, my shiny double-digit uh, legend symbol. Just makes me feel so good. It's beautiful. Alright, so I'm going to queue up and I'm going to mute on Discord, so I'll see you later, Wee Wee Man. Good luck, gamer. Private Merc's point of view. So, against the spell DH, I mean, it's the same as all of our matchups, right? We really want that Rancher, really want that Swarm Guard, Body Bagger. Here's the thing, really, we still want the Necromancer on too. But I-Beam could be pretty pretty uh, devastating here. So let's see what we get. But then again, like he said, he wouldn't be getting the healing off it, so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So, man, let's see. This is tough. We're looking at two Necromancers, a Necrolite, and a school teacher. Oh, man. I think we keep both Necromancers, as crazy as it seems. And then we hope that we get a one-drop? Okay, yeah, we're going to keep both Necromancers, because... Oh, let's go. So we got a Body Bagger and a Vizier back. So here's our, here's our, here's our line play. Here's our play line. We're going to Body Bagger on one. We're going to Necromancer on two. And then from there on out, accordingly, we can either Vizier on three or play a second Necromancer if if uh, he clears out the first one, because we want to keep that board churning. We want to keep those corpses. We want to keep just keep making bodies. So, um, Wee Wee Man, still analyzing his mulligan. Um, so, we'll just wait on that. Our, our, our play is pretty much lined out. We're definitely body bagging on one, and Necromancer on two. So, he kept a uh, leftmost card and got rid of two, so maybe that's a, a spectral sight, something like that. Maybe it's the I beam, and uh, we'll see. So, wouldn't would not mind him I beam in my body bagger. That's all I gotta say. So, yep, like I said, he kept leftmost, tossed other two, and he just hero powers my face. So we're gonna respond in turn with a body bagger, and we have drawn a Hawk Strider Rancher, which is humongous in combination with our necromancer so let's see i hope he uh mark of scorns here because if the mark of scorn hits the bagger that means he's not going to mark of scorn my necromancer so that's what we want to see and that's what we're uh, hoping to see 
Got two necromancers, a rancher, and a vizier in hand. He's got five cards in hand. And his rope is starting to burn. Interesting. See, so he hero powers again. Just goes face. Really makes me think that that leftmost card is an I-beam. But we also don't care if it's an I-beam because we got double necro. So, uh, I mean, we care a little bit. Like, it's sad. But we'd prefer the I-beam come out now when it's not going to be healing him. And if he has the I-beam on the far left, he's going to play it. So we can just get it out of the way. But maybe there's no I-beam, and I'm just overanalyzing. Let's see. I also drew an Astalore that turn, so uh, see what that takes us. Right now I've got a Body Bagger, a Necromancer, and a 1-3 Risen Footman Taunt on the board. Wee Wee Man has six cards in hand, three mana. If he Mark of Scorn's here and it hits my Necromancer, I'll probably have to retire from Hearthstone. Because I have three three health minions out. And that would be the most unfortunate hit. He predations my Necromancer. I don't think we mind that that much. And I think... So we drew Pazic. So here's our play lines. We can play Rancher. We can coin out a Pazic. And I really think those are the only two. Like, we're not going to play a Necromancer on three. So, what happens if we play Rancher? If we play Rancher, he could clear it, right? If he has, if he has Warband. He could Warband it and then trade all the 1-1s one in. So... And he's probably... Or I could coin out Pazic and he can Warband that, but... It doesn't feel as bad, right? This is tough, because I really want a Rancher here, but if it gets Warbanded, we're in a bad spot. We're left with 1-1-3. One, one, so I'm almost thinking Coin Pazic. Then again, we're going to play the Rancher. We're going to play the Rancher. If he Warbands, clears all of that. If he Warbands, that's his whole turn, just to kill my Rancher and my 1-3 Taunt. Um, so be it, because... That's one of his warbands, and that's my two. My, it's one of my. That's my highest health minion, outside of a Marigar body or a Sylvanas, and so, or famished fool, I guess. Quite a few. My point is, he wants to brand that two five. And warband is his whole turn. So let's see what he does here. We did play the rancher. He's thinking it over. Leftmost card, he grabs a Glaive Tar. 
So, Glaivtar was the card he kept in the mulligan. And he's gonna kill my 1-3 footman. So, hmm. This is tough. So, we drew a Plague Strike. So, what we're gonna do here, we can Vizier Necromancer or we can Pazic. We almost certainly Vizier Necromancer because we could potentially get a spell that makes this an even bigger play. So, let's go ahead and do the Vizier Necro. We're gonna Vizier first because maybe there's something insane we want. It's not the Necro. We got the Scourge, Anti-Magic Shell, and Graveyard Shift. <sighs> Anti-Magic Shell here is actually pretty gross. Because Anti-Magic Shell makes our... Hmm. We're going to take the Anti-Magic Shell, but I don't think we're going to use it this turn. We're going to anti-magic shell, and then we're going to coin the necro. We did take the anti-magic shell over the graveyard shift, so let's see what he does here. And Pazic on 5 is a pretty good line for us, because Pazic on 5 means his 6 is his Arcanist fell, which I guess would not kill my Pazic. But still doesn't make it bad. It makes it pretty good. So we've got the bagger, the rancher, a 1 3 token, and a 3 5 Azir and a 3 4 Necromancer, which have both been buffed by Rancher. So he's probably considering his lines here. Um, man, he's got 5 mana. I don't, he doesn't want to do the Bound Soul, I think, because he'd be letting me know. But I, I, I have to assume he has at least one Bound Soul by now. Because he's got what? No, he's got 22 cards in the deck. I guess he might not have a Bound Soul yet. He might not have the Bound Soul. He marks of Scorn, and it kills my 1-3 Taunt. Which is sad, because now my Necromancer gets hit by the Glaivetar. And he plays a top deck Spectral Sight. And he hero powers, and is he gonna, he's going to hero power the rancher. Interesting. Not a bad line. Pazic is bad here because it floods his hand, so I'm going to swarm guard anti-magic shell. This doesn't play around the Arcanist double unleash fell, but the Arcanist double unleash fell is already just horrible, so we're not going to play around that per se this is looking pretty rough for us if he has the double unleash fell but if he only has the single it's not horrible it's pretty bad if he has both He bound souls, alright. He Arcanist, of course.
plays it on Leash Fell. Whew, we dodged the unleash for the set the double. He has to hear a power and hit a swarm guard, so he missed out on two there. He could have taken two less. I think we posic because it makes him burn, and we Astalor. We posic Asti. And we're gonna trade our two one into his two two. Just because we, um, want, yeah, we're going to trade that. We want board space for our robots. I think that also means we just hear a power here. And he burns an eye beam. So we got an Astalor, a Plague Strike, and a Vizier in our hand, and our board is really large. 2-1-2-1-1-3, uh, 4-2-4-3-5-4. The 4-3 and the 4-2 generate a uh, Hawk Strider on death, and the 5-4 generates the, the two Audiobots in his hand. So we'll see if that happens. His big healing's up, because he's played the Arcanist. He could have the other Unleashed Fell, which would kind of suck, because I got a few one health dudes. But, we'll see. Maybe he has it, maybe he doesn't. He's got 10 cards in hand. He really could do a lot of stuff. He might just have to do, like, a huge Steno turn here. Because he may just be dead otherwise. But we'll see if he comes to that same conclusion. He securities, which is pretty big. Kills my two ones. And... What else he got? He marks of scorn. Ooh, that kills my 4-3. That is unfortunate. Then he tastes of chaos. Leaving me with 10 on board. And looky here, I top decked a grave strength which is lethal. Turn 7. A close game. If he had had that second Unleashed Fell, it could have been a very different story. Wee Wee Man's point of view. Alright, so our initial uh, draws we got were Glaivetar, Spectral Sight, and Security. Um... Uh, so this is, it's not hard to say, let's get rid of the spectral site. Uh, we don't need that, especially it's in the middle. Um, so it's even worse. <laughs> uh, security, I don't think that'll be too effective in clearing their board and it's on the right side of my hand. I'm going to draw something else. It's 
it's going to be difficult to get the three um, one ones off of that. So I'm going to also throw that away. Glaivetar here is tough because as we were talking about, it seems like it's a good draw in any scenario. In my past games, I haven't been keeping it. Um, but let's try it right now and hope, hope to God that we get some removal from the mulligan. And we got a predation and a chaos strike. So uh, we're going first here. Let's see. Let's see if I draw anything uh, for removal. So we drew a security. Um, nothing I can do except hero power and hit face on this turn. All right, so he's got the body bagger. We drew the mark of scorn. Um, still, like, not great at all. Um, if he goes into his next turn doing the exact thing he was talking about being great, um, the, the Battlefield Necromancer. I think we're pretty screwed, but um, uh, that's tough. You know, um, I think we might just want to hero power here. Go face again. The Battlefield Necromancer comes out. It's going to suck. Oh, yep, there we go. Uh, all right. So we don't want him to be able to keep generating those uh, one, three taunts. That's not great. And we do have a predation in our hand still. We could use all our mana to kill that. Um. We can mark of scorn, and it's literally just gonna hit something random. Um, not exactly sure how that works, but I believe it'll just be completely random since they all have three health. Uh, so that kind of sucks. Um, I think it's stupid to take the risk here. It could easily just hit one of their uh, one threes. It doesn't leave a corpse, but he could easily make a corpse with hero power. So. <sighs> I feel like this is horrible to do, but I'm going to predation his Battlefield Necromancer because I don't want that on the board. Might have been dumb, but we'll see. So he's got some crazy stuff. Uh, he's got that Hawk Strider Rancher. <laughs> Literally everything he's wanted. Everything he's been talking about, he's got uh very unfortunate i think what we're gonna have to do here uh, feels horrible but i think because right now our hand is a glaive tar chaos strike security two mark of scorns and a bound soul so he's got a body bagger a one three taunt and the hawk strider rancher there's no way we can kill the Hawk Strider this turn, which is unfortunate, but um, it just isn't possible. So 
I think our best play here is just Glavetar. Um, probably just remove the taunt while we can. It's sad that I have to go face with that or hit a taunt with that and not go face, but it's really all we got here. So I'm honestly kind of happy to see the Nerubian Vizier. I'm I'm kind of glad he didn't just pour a bunch of minions onto the board. I mean, he'll probably get one more. I mean, with one mana left, we'll see. Or he's coining something out. Oh my god. Yeah, I think I might lose this. So we're going to so right now he has the lowest health minions he has is a body bagger and a 1/3 taunt. Uh we could mark of scorn and hope to god it hits the taunt so that I can take my weapon and kill his hawk strider. Either way, we're very scared about a grave strength here. Um, cause that just wins the game and I have, I drew my unleash fell, but I don't get any life gain from that. Um, and I do have the bound soul too. So we will get some life gain if we can survive till the next turn. The, the main priority here is surviving to the next turn. So I think what we're going to do is mark of scorn. It hits that. And then... I guess we'll try this, see if we get an I-beam. No I-beam. So I guess we need to kill the Hawk Strider. Now we draw the I-beam. Alright, so now we're really not looking good. Uh... We're really, really not looking good. Um, if I had both my Unleashed Fells, that would be nice. Um, but I do not. I have one Unleashed Fell. So, I mean, we have to just do it. I mean, at least we'll heal a lot. Um, can kill one extra thing with a Taste of Chaos um, after the Unleashed Fell. Feels awful though, because you know he's just gonna grave strength next turn, which is pretty dang awful. But oh, and I can't, I can't target his minions. I'm dumb. Yeah, so I can't even taste of chaos something, which is pretty awful. Um, also, another ordering issue that I had here, I should have um, went ahead and killed or. or did some damage to one of the taunts to clear them. Right now I'm killing one after I did my Unleash Fell, which is a big mistake because I could have healed for the damage I took uh, hitting that. But instead, I um, did my Unleash Fell first, healed to 30, and then I had to put myself back at... Um, okay, the POSIC feels terrible because now... If we do get lucky enough to draw the Unleash Fell, um, it's it's not going to do anything. Uh, it's just going to burn. It's going to burn away. So hopefully we don't lose that other Unleash Fell. 
we could maybe discover it. It's really the main thing here is just keeping his board under control. Burning an I-beam feels pretty dang terrible. Um, okay, so we have some audio bots from his POSIC. We have the one I-beam, which may be crucial here to be able to play. I'm going to use my Chaos Strike so I can get my security out. You know, if we... Hmm... All right, we're going to try here. Let's see. Uh, this is pretty rough. All right, we're going to security. Um, we're going to Mark of Scorn. So, pretty much if he has great strength, yep, he does. Yeah. Hello, Wee Wee Man, are you back? I'm back. Good game, good game, Wee Wee Man. You had everything that you said was amazing. That was rough. <laughs> I did have the bagger and a necromancer and a rancher. Yeah. And a swarm guard. Yep. And into the anti-magic shell that I talked about. God. If you had had the second unleash fell there, you probably would have won the game. Yeah, that's that's what was really unfortunate. And I ended up uh, discovering one when I did my uh, taste Off of chaos. Off the taste of chaos. Yeah, so I was just like praying to God you didn't have the grave strength, but... Yeah, my starting end was nutty. It was Necromancer, Necromancer, Body Bagger. It was like, there's two of them, and then a Body Bagger, and then I drew into the Rancher Swarm Guard, so it was a... Yeah, that was very Yeah, good. I mean, that's how, it's what makes Unholy good. It's It forces you into a very specific corner, and it's like, hey, you, do you have three specific cards? Because if you do not have these three specific cards that answer this, you lose. And the odds your opponent are going to have three specific cards, well, you did have ten in hand where it was possible. It's also not super likely. So, What did you think of my uh, predation on your first Necromancer? Was that questionable? I, I thought it was questionable myself, but like... I did not think it was questionable. My opponents in Legend do that to my Necromancer. Okay. Okay. You can't, cause you can't, you can, if you're a gambling man, you can mark a scorn, but if it hits the taunt, you're probably bashing your head against the desk, so. Yeah, that's, I was like, I literally had both mark of scorns in my hand, and I was like, I could do that, but, <laughs> it's like, it's yeah. kind of just like rolling the dice, um, which, I don't, do you know if, if you, um, if you have like a taunt, like if you have like three minions that have the same health out and someone marks and i did have you. that i did have a body bagger a one three it's always yeah. random okay taunt, taunt is only cannot be or you can't attack around it spells have nothing to do with it when a spell says hit a random thing and with the lowest health it looks it sees there's three things with the same health it it picks a random number between one to three okay i figured i just wasn't sure if there was like a hidden rule there or something but yeah, that, well, that was a good that game. Was, that was a good game. Yeah. So, 
now it's the end of it's the end of our week i don't want to stop playing on holy because i feel like as soon as i do i'm going to start dropping in rank but it's time to select our deck for next week so wee wee man you can go first i already have a deck that i know i want to play that's super popular but i'm gonna let you go first or did you who went first last week it was me right I think so. Yeah, yeah, first. yeah. You because I said I wanted on holy. So you can go ahead. Uh, go ahead and pick the deck that our listeners will be listening to next week. Hmm. I'm looking here. Huh. I wonder. I wonder how spooky mage would be. It's kind of new for me. I, so the stats the stats may not look great but that's because it's aggregated so there's a really slow control spooky mage build and there's the good old classic frozen touch arcane bolt now we run vexilis too vexilis is a super cool card that deck is really really strong the data just doesn't show it because the data also takes into account the control build of Spooky Mage, which is uh, uh, really, really bad. Okay. So, I mean, uh, Sp Spooky Mage, I see it at Top Legend. Uh, it performs. It's, uh, it's a good deck if, if you're interested. Okay, because I'm looking at, like, I see Pure Paladin, but that's just so linear. I feel like people don't even need to hear about that well there's a new build as well there is a new pure paladin build we cut the we cut the funk fin we cut the situational cards that say if you have x thing it's better and we run uh we run gardens grace now okay the the 10 mana give a minion plus five plus five and divine shield costs less for every holy spell uh you've cast this game but also uh yeah if you don't want pure paladin mm. that checks out okay okay i could also could also do undead priest because i Good. did like the and you know i i don't have any experience with the swarm build there's also nothing stopping you if you really wanted to do unholy death knight <laughs> <laughs> but wait well we just did that one we can't do that <laughs> but you haven't that's true <laughs> they could see it from the 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 diamond level um all right uh i mean like honestly i've been really liking like aggro stuff I know s I'm kind of between Spooky Mage and Undead Priest, but a part of me just kind of wants to go with Undead Priest, if that's if you think that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. You have a lot of previous experience with Undead Priest, so if it's if you're looking to dig into that experience bank, that checks out. If you wanted to try something new, I would also recommend Spooky Mage. Is that deck is uh, that deck is quite good. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough because like the idea of sp Spooky Mage is. Hmm. I don't know. Um. You also don't have to pick one right now. We can. Our listeners can also. I can tell listeners what I'm doing, and you can. You can have some thought on it. You could leave them in suspense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go ahead and announce what you want to do. So I'm pretty sure it's gonna get nerfed, but I'm pretty sure Unholy and Spell DH are also gonna get nerfed. But I am going to uh, pick up Tony Druid for the for the week. Okay. Cool. Um. Tony Druid. Um. You know what? I will, I'll do the Undead Priest. I'll do the Undead Priest. I knew you would, you little yeah. regular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I, his I, first legend deck, and he's back to play. All right, so next week you guys will be getting Tony Druid against Undead Priest. Um, I don't need to look at the matchups to tell you that I'll probably lose that one, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we will we will see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening, and um, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll we'll see you guys. Bye bye. Hey everyone, it's Wee Wee Man here, and I just wanted to thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to the first episode of Matchup Mashup. And as it's our first episode, we realize that things are probably a bit choppy and hard to follow at times, so we apologize for that, but just know that we're going to continually strive to improve our content and make it as informational as possible and as fun as possible and uh, if you ever want to have a conversation with us or just uh, maybe even give us some suggestions for the show uh, feel free to hit us up on twitter we're gonna have our uh, twitter handles in the um, description for the episode so um, you can find those there Um, but yeah i just wanted to let you guys know that uh, you know we really wanted to get something out there and uh but this isn't the final quality of the show we're gonna keep trying to improve things here so uh thanks for joining us on this journey and um one last thing one little note just uh to correct something in the episode uh i will actually not be playing undead priest uh after analyzing the meta a little bit and thinking about my experience on ladder um, I decided that it would probably be uh, best for me to go over Blood Death Knight. So I'll be diving into Blood Death Knight for next week. So uh, next Tuesday, you can tune in and you'll hear uh, me and Private Merc uh, discuss Tony Druid and Blood Death Knight. And we'll put those, put those decks up against each other. We'll talk about their strengths, their weaknesses, their matchups. And uh, yeah, so thanks again. And we hope to see you next week. Goodbye, guys.